Blessed be the Lord because he has heard the voice of my supplication. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart exalts. And with my song, I shall thank him. The Lord is their strength. And that is Psalms chapter 28, verses 6, 7, and 8. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio. And we are coming at you from the great state of Texas. I am your host, A.W. Varilla, and on this podcast, I am doing it solo. Uh, TD, our intern, is out. That bum, he ditched me. Uh, I'm kidding. He's actually in a new location, helping out some, uh, getting some internet and everything going here. Um, but uh, we are thankful for him. Steve Den Hartog is still on the road, and he will be on the road uh, for one more episode. So we won't hear from him uh, till probably two or three episodes. But uh, that's okay. It's just me today. Uh, we are super, super excited for you to join us today. Uh, we have a special guest today. Uh, we have uh, Lindsay Carlson. Um, she's a first-time guest. Uh, we are going to be talking about her new book, A Better Encouragement, Trading Self-Help for True Hope. Again, this is by Crossway Publishing. Lindsay has written other books, Growing Godliness, uh, A Teen Girl's Guide to Maturity in Christ, uh, Identity Theft, Reclaiming the Truth of Our Identity in Christ, and Five Markers of a, uh, of a Healthy uh, Planning Wife. So uh, please, please go and check Check out those other books. So we are looking forward to have uh, Lindsay on. We love to have female authors so um, on our show, uh, and it's super, super encouraging for me. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe to Apple, Android, Google, and Stitcher Radio. Um, and please visit our website at bridgeminloredo.com. Also, uh, I want to uh, promote our Spanish conference, uh, November 19th, uh, 2022, of course, from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's going to be at the university at Texas A&M International at their student center. And it's going to be our Spanish conference. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Sola Scriptura. Uh, the centrality of the word uh, of God. Uh, so again, uh, for our Spanish-speaking community, please go visit our website, and you can you can already go and register for the conference. Uh, I'm I'm super excited to see how this conference goes. This will be our second Spanish conference. Uh, our 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 guests are going to be Jonathan Tucker. Juan Sanchez and Eduardo Mantorano. Uh, Again, uh, two of the speakers are local pastors. uh, And then we have Juan Sanchez who's flying in uh, to uh, head up the the conference. So uh, please, please go and visit the website. Uh, Again, thank you for our our listeners around the world. Uh, We appreciate uh, you guys. and, and I just want to give you thanks for tuning in. Well, ladies and gentlemen, why don't we get this podcast started? Lindsay Carlson is an author, Bible teacher, disciple maker, pastor's wife, and the mother of five, ages five to 17. She and her husband, Kyle, spent a decade uh, leading corporate worship together in the Houston area. 
and in 2005, they relocated to the Mid-Atlantic to plant Imprint Community Church in Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland, where Kyle serves as the senior pastor, and Lindsay leads the church's women's ministry. Welcome, Lindsay, to Bridge Radio for the first time. Thank you very much for having me. Well, Lindsay, I was really excited to interview interview you as I was looking uh, uh, through your book and reading it. And and uh, the funny thing is, as we were preparing for this podcast, um, I got a text message from one of the brothers uh, at church who was listening to another uh, podcast and encouraged me. And, and, and I thought that was awesome. It was just like, Oh, I'm re I'm reading your book and this is happening here and getting prepared. So that was just really just like timely in that. It's uh, so exciting when we <laughs> encourage one another, isn't it? Is, it? It is. It is. It was just uh, perfect. Um, but before we begin, Lindsay, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how God drew you to saving faith? Yes, absolutely. So I grew up, I would say a church attender but not really understanding the gospel. So even though I was growing up going to church every single week with my family, I didn't really have a full understanding of why I needed Jesus or that it was Jesus that I needed and not just church attendance or being a moral person. So I, I don't think it was probably until I was in high school that I started to kind of have this feeling that, you know, I really just go to church because that's what I'm supposed to do and that's where I meet people and that's where my friends hang out. Um, I started to have this feeling that later I understood was the Holy Spirit just really saying, do you know the Lord? Do you know what he says? Do you know what he's calling you to and how you should live? And I started being able to say, no, I don't. I don't really know. And so I started going to a church that um, was preaching expositionally through scripture Mm -hmm. and was really helping me to understand God's word for the first time. Um, I think for a lot of years, I just kind of had all these Bible stories rolling around in my head, like, you know, as though Jonah and Moses and Noah were the same as Jesus. And it wasn't until I was older that I started to realize, oh, there's actually a whole grander narrative going on here that I need to understand. And I think that once I started piecing those things together and really understanding scripture, the gospel became very clear and compelling, and I wanted to follow Jesus. And so um, I would say college is where I really started becoming discipled and uh, coming into an understanding of my faith and uh, what it what it actually should look like on the ground. And so when I graduated from college, my husband and I went straight into full-time ministry, and we've been doing that since 2004. So, and we actually just changed ministries. We just moved back from the North Atlantic. So not North, Mid-Atlantic. Mm. We were living in Baltimore, but we actually just moved back to Texas. Oh, wow. In, yeah, see, surprise. Yeah. Um, about, I think it was the end of May. Okay. So my husband's actually a senior pastor at a church in Greenville, Texas right now, which is east of Dallas Fort Worth. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that that's some great news. All right. So you're back in Texas. All right. Yeehaw. <laughs> well, uh, Lindsay, uh, we're going to be talking about your latest book, A Better Encouragement, uh, Trading Self-Help for True Hope by Crossway Publishing. I know that you've written some other books, and we did announce it in the beginning of our, our intro and our podcast. But um Let's begin, if we can, with uh, the first chapter, uh, uh, Lindsay. Um, 
in the first chapter, you start off and say, we further examine the need for encouragement and establish a working definition for better encouragement. Can you define that for us, please? So defining what encouragement is or why we need it, which one? Yeah, whichever, <laughs> wherever you want to begin. So, well, I think that, I think it's important. The reason I, I, asked that defining question is because I think that we often think, well, I only need encouragement, like if I'm having a hard time, mm. but we don't necessarily understand why it is that we need encouragement or who actually needs encouragement. Yeah. So the first chapter, I actually start off talking about the reason for encouragement, mm. because I think that we actually tend to just kind of ignore the fact that we're human and that we do need encouragement and that it's not a surprise to God. So what the actual reason we need encouragement for is really basic. It's discouragement. So we, we get discouraged really easily. And I think that if we don't understand that we are a people who naturally grow weary and become discouraged, then we're going to kind of think of encouragement as though it's something just kind of extra and fluffy that we don't necessarily need to survive. We just kind of like how it feels. But really, that's not true at all. Really, God actually knows that we are a weak and weary people who need to be strengthened. Mm. And so encouragement is actually a necessity for a Christian, not just something that we like because it feels warm and fuzzy. Yeah, no, that's uh, um, I, I, I do. I do love how you do be begin your chapter that way. And I was just, I was, I was cut off guard at the beginning. I was like, Oh, well that makes sense. Like to have encouragement, you know, and get encouraged, we must have discouragement. I was like, all right. Like, um, I, I do. And I, so one of the things that I was, uh, that I, I was just reading through, um, that you say encouragement is utilized and enjoyed by people everywhere, not just inside the church and not only for those who follow Jesus. Culturally, we're all taught very early in life to expect positive affirmation and use rewards based motivation. We all like it and we all use it. Um, you mentioned that in your introduction and I guess I never really realized that um, as far as when we are being encouraged, encouraged, um, and maybe you can just talk about that a little bit further, you know, why that, why that is that we, um, we like it and we use it in our daily lives. Yeah. So I think, I think what I'm trying to pull out with that is that encouragement is good. It is good for people. People like it, whether or not they actually know Jesus. Everybody likes to be encouraged. It's something deep within us that God has created in our hearts, right? It is a mechanism by which God uses to draw us to him. But because you see people, like if you think about, you know, a teacher encouraging a kid, great job, keep up the good work. That encouragement isn't necessarily Christian in nature. It's just encouragement. So we can encourage people just to do things that are hard without it having anything to do with Christ, without it having anything to do with the gospel. And then we can be a Christian that uses encouragement in the same kind of way where we're a Christian encouraging another Christian, but we might be doing it in a way that's just like a teacher encouraging a student where we might be saying, great job with those BBS decorations, keep up the good work. Is that, is that necessary for strengthening us in our faith? Not necessarily, but it might feel good. So as a Christian, we have to understand there are different ways that we utilize encouragement so that we're not 
only doing it in the most kind of like surfacey level ways. So there are bigger, grander purposes for encouragement to be utilized for the strengthening of those who are walking by faith. But if we're only ever abiding with encouragement at a level that says like, good job guys, or wow, your hair looks so pretty today. Those, those kind of tend to fall more into the camp of like compliment or flattery or, um, you know, feel good words. And sometimes we get confused and think that those words like, Hey, I really liked your, um, you know, whatever it is, the, the art that you just created in class or whatever it is. Um, as long as we're keeping them shallow like that, we're not going to get into the deep, thick woods of like what we actually need to survive when we're out in the wilderness and we are weary and need encouragement for strengthening our faith. Now, um, uh, mm-hmm. Lindsay, I, I guess I should have asked this question a little bit earlier. Who are you targeting in your book? <laughs> specifically? That's a really good question. Yeah. Sure. So, so I think that this, you know, I always want to be talking to people who are um, maybe cultural Christians. I want to be aware because I think, especially as someone who's grown up in the Bible belt, um, I am very aware that I was a cultural Christian for a long time. Hmm. And I say that not as someone who knew Christ and uh, was actually walking in repentance, but as someone who thought that they were walking in repentance. Mm. So I'm always writing with an eye toward people who may think that they're, that they know Jesus or may think that they're in the church, but not actually have a true saving faith. But then I'm also writing to people who are saved and walking by faith and um, regenerate, but they're still learning to be discerning in how they're living. And they're still learning to, um, to know and understand the word of God. So I would say that my probably primary audience would be Christians and um, Christians that are seeking discipleship and to grow in their faith. But I think I also try to just really make sure that we're talking to women at, at every phase of that that are coming into uh, a deeper understanding of God's word. Yeah. And that, and, and that's one thing that I, when I was reading, uh, you were, you're talking about women, you say in your first chapter, I spent almost 20 years as a pastor's wife, loving and serving discouraged Christian women inside various local churches. And yes, many Christian women are unaware of their own discouragement. And, and for our listening audience, if, you know, um, you know, if there are women out there right now, this discouraged, how are you able to just help women within the church uh, with their discouragement? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think that, um, the, you know, when we're sitting, when I, as a pastor's wife and having opportunities to sit with women, um, I don't typically go, Hey, that person seems really discouraged. I should take them out to lunch. So I have an opportunity to encourage them. Really, it happens in a much more natural way where it's, you know, me wanting to get together with someone to get to know them. And the more that we learn to trust each other and the more that we share our stories with one another, the more that roots of discouragement tend to just come to the surface in our lives because that's what we do when we talk to friends. Is we talk about ways that we're down. We talk to friends about ways that we're feeling um, troubled or weak. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that, you know, if, if you have spent any time with a human being, you have had opportunities likely to hear discouragement come out in people's words. And I think that um, as a person who um, I have always deeply valued encouragement in my own life and felt a need for it, um, 
I find myself wanting to be a voice of encouragement to others, and especially as a um, person who gets to be in ministry and gets to bear burdens with with Christians all the time, um, because I know that the the things that have compelled me the most in my faith have not been uh, like pats on the head or like, you know, they're there, it will be fine. Um, but it's been people who have spoken words of deep, rich, meaningful words of biblical encouragement into my heart that make me feel strong enough to stand up. So I that's that's the kind of thing I think that we have the opportunity to do, not when we're just like in a ministry capacity as a full-time uh, women's ministry director or children's minister. We actually all have that capability because we are all brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. And so even encouraging others isn't even just for women. It is for all brothers and sisters in the faith. And I think that really all we have to do to put ourselves in a position to minister uh, a, a good message of encouragement to others is to have a listening ear that just listens out for suffering and hurt and pain and lack of faith or lack of trust in God's promises or lack of understanding of who God is and, his, um, and the ways that his character expresses itself. We just have to listen, and then we have to know God's word to be able to know how and when to speak into people. You know, uh, that just kind of brought something up where um, my wife, uh, whenever she's feeling uh, discouraged and she wants to speak to me, you know, us as men, we want to fix the problem instead of just being quiet and listen. And, 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 and it, I, as you were just saying that I, I've been trying to do a better job of, uh, of listening to my wife and just, and I got into the point is where I just asked her, I was like, do you want me to just listen or do you want me to say anything? And, and she's been, and she has been very, uh, very clear and just says, I just want you to listen. And I just stay shut and she just pours her heart out. And, and that's made a difference. Um, and then there's times she would just ask me questions. So, um, I know that in your book, you were talking about, um, when you are sharing or, or with somebody else that sometimes we don't tend to be, uh, what's the word as a forthcoming about things that are, might be going on in our life. Um, can you just talk about the importance of when we are either trying to encourage somebody or we need encouragement, um, to be as I maybe transparent so that the other person that is looking to encourage uh, encouraging us might have more information, if that's fair. Yeah. So, and I think that you, you know, obviously disclaimer up front. I mean, I think there's wisdom obviously in, in choosing wisely who we share our burdens with. Right. Yes. I, I think yes. that there's definitely a place for boundaries and mm -hmm. there's definitely a place for, you know, not throwing pearls before swine. Right. Yes. Um, but I think that, I think that when you're talking about in the context of meaningful, deep relationships with trusted people that you love and that, that you know love you, or who are called into fellowship with you by uh, because you've covenanted with them as a local body of believers, um, or it's like your pastor or something, there is a need for transparency because um, often what is going on in our heart is not necessarily super obvious to everyone outside of ourselves. Mm. So even my husband, who is a great listener and who does know me very well, sometimes might say something like, you know, is this what's really bothering you? 
you know, and, and label something and I'll say, no, you know what, it, it actually isn't, it's, it's more this. And so I think sometimes when it's, uh, when we have a lack of, uh, faith or when it's, a we're just disheartened by something, or we are weary of fighting a battle for a long time, whatever that might be, we feel that as weakness and we are so, so cultivated, like, uh, cultivated to think weakness is wrong, denial, weakness, don't let anyone know that you're struggling with things that even as Christians living in the church, we kind of forget the doctrine of sin and we forget that we are sufferers. And so we struggle to say, you know what, if God knows that I'm a sinner and God knows that I'm a sufferer, then it's okay for me to be transparent about weakness because that is why the gospel is such good news. Mm -hmm. And so I can be transparent with the things that I'm suffering through or the things that I'm walking through in sin or weakness and need help. Um, and, and that is going to be an invitation to someone else to say, okay, I can step in and partner with you and, and provide you with a better encouragement than you are capable of perhaps finding by yourself when you're not feeling up to the task. So we need partners with us in our discouragement that can see needs, but we need to allow them to see those needs. And so, I mean, and I think tangibly what that looks like sometimes is like, I think about when I was a new mom, like right now I have, I have kids that are up to 17, but you know, little also. And, and I remember when I only had little bitty kids and it was a bunch of moms, all with little kids, all encouraging each other. None of us have figured this out yet. We were all figuring it out together. And so sometimes we didn't know how to encourage one another because we thought kind of like what you said with your wife, that we, that we needed strategies and solutions. Mm -hmm. So we thought, you know, oh, if, oh, if a mom comes to play group and says, man, this discipline thing is so hard. I just, I don't know that I can, you know, keep parenting through this terrible behavior pattern. Um, we would have been very tempted to say, well, have you tried timeout or have you tried, you know, memorizing this specific scripture or something, we would have given some kind of tool instead of just saying, do you know what? So-and-so the Lord is with you in those very hard moments of parenting. The Lord sees your struggle and he doesn't leave you without help. And those are probably more powerful encouragements in those moments of weakness then giving me a tool that says, if you would just do this better, you would feel better about what's going on. Um, we need to, we need to have an awareness of the, the need is confessing what we need to be fed on about God and inviting others to, to speak into our lives with that truth. And, and, and Lindsay, when that happens in, 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 in that setting, what, what do you see? like transformation wise when, when, when that happens? You know, I think it's just a, it's a reminder of uh, tangibly where we are, who we are, what we're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, Oh, I am supposed to be handling this chaos. I am supposed to be solving all the problems. I am supposed to know better than to fall down in this way. It kind of is like cool water in the best way that refreshes the soul because it, it reminds us like, Oh yeah, I'm dry. I need to thirst for living water. I need to rely on living water to nourish me. I need to drink of it regularly. Mm -hmm. And so it should be restorative and fueling because when we hear things that are, that remind us that it's not our own strength and that it's not our own doing that is going to, you know, bring us back to life. 
that's a relief because it it relieves us of the burden that has been weighing down um, in in that place of discouragement. And I do really like that you you you, you talk about your book just a spiritual battle that that really exists. You go the you you say and I quote the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy aims to take us down and keeps us keep us out of commission and hopeless. Discouragement threatens more than our feeling. It takes aim at our belief and then attacks our actions too. And I and I thought that was a very very powerful statement there because it is true. Um, um, even even just for uh for for us men, um, that. Man, I, I recognize that when things are, um, you, you want to have a love for Christ and you want to focus on him and his word and, and be fruitful for the kingdom, these attacks just start coming at you. Like, you're just like, whoa, hold on a second. Like, what's happening here? And sometimes not even realizing that and and and, and just start to get discouraged and, and you're just like, oh man, like, you know, why am I doing this? Like, what's the purpose of this? And then I have to, you know, meet with people or just get in the word. And you're just like, wait, this is not even about me. <laughs> you know, this is for this is for God It's for his purpose. And he's put in, put put us here. So I really do appreciate your words. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think it encouragement also just reminds us that we live in a broken, messed up world. Right. Yes. Like it reminds us that that all things are being made new, mm-hmm. that we're being redeemed and I just think it's so, it's so much more. That's why I think it's so much um, more important to know what a Christian's better encouragement actually is. Because if we're just kind of placating each other with like, oh, it'll be better tomorrow, or like, I'm sure this trial will be over soon. That's not actually offering each other true hope, mm-hmm. right? That's yes. offering fake promises. Mm-hmm. And if we offer each other fake promises, those aren't going to last very long. And so we, we actually do have a better word of encouragement to offer one another as believers. Hmm. I love that. Um, so Lindsay, can we just, uh, get into your, uh, the second chapter of your book and I just want to touch on a little bit as, uh, we'll begin to land the plane on the podcast because we can't give everything in your book because, uh, you just released it last month and we need to make sure that everybody go and gets the book. So for our listeners, you're just going to have to get the book so that you can get the whole, the whole the whole shebang, <laughs> but, um, absolutely. Uh, chapter two, the God of encouragement. Can you just, uh, uh, just kind of expound a, a little bit on that chapter, uh, in, in, in how God encouraged, how God is the encouragement in our lives? Yes. So I think that, um, the base of this chapter really is that I think that we, in our need for encouragement, that God given design that we need encouragement, we often are so busy seeking encouragement from outside sources Mm. that we forget that God created that need to be filled by him. And so instead of like, I think about again, back when I was a young, young mom, you know, if I had a bad day, I would shoot off a text or pick up the phone and call a friend because I was just discouraged. And I needed someone to say, you know what, you're doing a good job. Mothering is hard. Hang in there. You know, I, I was immediately reaching for the encouragement of people. Mm. And, and, you know, if the friend was too busy, then I might reach for a parenting book or I might reach for, you know, the advice of somebody that I remembered I liked, but I was not using those opportunities of deep discouragement 
to know and seek the face of God. Um, because I, I saw a better promise of encouragement in the world than I actually saw in the God of encouragement. And so this chapter really calls Christians to see, okay, if we really believe that God is who he says he is and that he has given us every good thing, then why are we not seeking him as our primary source of encouragement in a practical way when we're feeling discouraged? And I think many of us would say that the reason that we don't is because we don't feel like God is an encouraging God. Mm. We feel like sometimes God is a, um, a God who lets us down because we say, God, this is a struggle that I'm going through. It's really hard. Where are you? And then we feel immediately guilty. Like, oh man, I shouldn't be asking God that. Now I'm so embarrassed. Now I certainly can't confess that I'm discouraged with God because now he's going to be mad at me too. And really, if you're looking in the Psalms and you look at the language of David throughout the Psalms, he is asking those same questions. He's asking the same things of himself. Like, why are you at turmoil within me? Why has my hope, you know, where has my hope gone? And there are all of these questions where he's asking God, what has happened that I can't trust you anymore or that I'm not seeing fruit or that I have been given over to my enemies? And he's just honest about his feelings. And the reason that that happens, or not the reason, but after that happens, we see his heart turn yeah. because he's just being honest with God about so that. So true. And when he's honest with God, God says, I'm right here. Yeah. Here I am. <laughs> and so God I anymore. think that as we are seeking God for that encouragement that only God can provide us, that is when we learn to see his face. And that is how we learn to tangibly trust him through really difficult burdens so that the next time we have a burden, we are much more likely to run to God for that answer and that relief because we actually believe I have looked upon your goodness in the land of the living. And I want to see your face more than I want to hear the voice of a friend on the phone. Yeah. You know, uh, we were at a wedding this weekend and we had, um, uh, my wife and I went to a friend's wedding, uh, and we, we, carpooled with a, a couple of other friends but one of one of our friends she she was talking about this and and she's like sometimes I just want to go to the world because they just want to cheer me on and I know that's that that's wrong and I don't know why I do it but um I, I love what you say in your book uh, many of us have been conditioned I'm quoting many of many of us have been conditioned by our culture to desire encouragement that is more closely resembles a pep squad we want uh, we want lives filled with abundant support, but we assume that the f the feel encouragement uh, we need a wealth of close personal friends who are always standing by to provide compliments, approvals of who will cheer us on to strength and victory. We're not sure we're able to keep going. We want our friends and family members to be skilled encourager and to know exactly how to cheer us on. And I was like. That is so true. It's always easier when we have like, you know, we call our buddy up or, or our close friends like, man, I'm feeling down. And it's very just superficial. It's like, oh, man, you can do it, buddy. I'm here. You know, just get up, you know, you know, strap up your boots. You're going to be fine. I'm here, man. Let's do this. Or And and then you're just like, yeah, that's like just looking back. It feels good for a second. But, you know, it, then it, then it's empty. It's not rich, it's not full. Well, and even frankly, even when you do have friends that are really solid encouragers, like mm -hmm. I, I mean, the church that we were just in, in our church plant, 
Um, we, you know, we'd had so we'd had several years to gel as this body of Christ together that was all walking toward being um, personally encouraging to one another. And so I had some really solid godly women who were very gifted encouragers in our church. But even them, sometimes I might sit down with them face to face at a dinner and confess something to them looking for, you know, just the perfect, you know, cultivated words that I needed to hear that day. And they showed up tired too. And instead of saying something really fantastic and compelling that I remembered forever, they just told me about how bad their day was. And I thought, you know what? This is not a reflection on the fact that this person is a bad friend. This is Mm. not a reflection on the fact that this person wasn't listening to my struggles. This isn't a fact that the person doesn't even know how to encourage me with with godly wisdom. It is just that sometimes I think God withholds those words of true comfort and hope and strength because he wants us to thirst for him and for his presence and for his spirit to be the one speaking it to us. And so I think sometimes the Lord allows us to wait on the right words that we need to hear because he wants us to say, God, do you want me to be weary? Do you want me to come to you? Do you want to speak to my heart? Tell me what I need. Tell me, Lord, when I don't know. And when someone does speak those words, I find sometimes it's not even the person that you thought would have all the wise things to say. Sometimes it's like, just a random person at church comes up to you that you don't really have a super deep relationship with, mm. or the sermon just hits the nail on the head that week or whatever it is. I think that when we, when we put the burden on people that should be on the Lord, we are setting ourselves up for disappointment and we're setting other people up for um, carrying a responsibility that shouldn't be theirs to carry. Wow. Yeah. So true. Mm. Um, Lindsay, and as we land this podcast, what would you say for uh, the women out there who right now are listening to this podcast and are feeling discouraged and don't know what to do and they're just feeling down, you know, um, how would you just give a words of encouragement to, to our listeners? Yeah, I would say uh, like Hebrews twelve twenty four says mm-hmm. that Christ speaks a better word and the better word that Christ speaks speaks is that he is the answer to every promise throughout the old testament and the new he answers every single promise that god has made to us so because we have seen christ come to earth die death on our behalf to take our place we know that every promise that god has laid out for us is true and will be fulfilled and so if we have christ as that assurance of our hope then we have hope for every season of discouragement because we know that Christ is enough to carry all of our own sin and to help us bear all of our suffering. And so Christ is that encouragement that we can lean on. And he is going to provide better encouragement through his Holy Spirit than any friend can provide for us. And so I would just say, press into Christ, press into his word, seek the Lord's promises to you that are yes and amen because they are going to speak a better word of encouragement in your discouragement. Mm, that's some really good stuff. And, and Lindsay, Lindsay, I know that you just presented uh, some gospel truth in there in in, in those last word, but, um, but I would like to just how we end our show. Uh, Romans uh, ten fourteen says, uh, "How would they call on him who they've not believed, and how would they believe in whom they've not heard, and how would they hear without a preacher?" Can you share? 
the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ to our worldwide audience. Absolutely. Nothing would thrill my heart more. <laughs> so we can't be good. We can't be good enough on our own. No matter how hard I try, no matter how many times I go to church, I am not going to be able to do enough good works to be able to stand before the throne of God and say, look, I did it. Will you take me? We can't. So because I can't do it, God provided Christ to come and live a perfect life and to die a sinner's death on my behalf. And Christ is going to bear all of my sin before the, before the judgment seat of God. And Christ is going to take my punishment and already has taken my punishment. So when I stand before God at the end of my life, I don't have to say, look what I did and show him my filthy rags. I get to say, look what Christ did. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So the gospel is that I can trust Christ to, um, to live a perfect life that I couldn't live. And because of that, I get to be united with God and fellowship with Christ and the Holy Spirit, and that I'm going to be reunited with him in glory and live with him for eternity. That's super exciting news. What, what better encouragement do we have, right? Yeah, it is. Amen, for sure. I, I think it's pretty cool that, you know, in, in eternity, we're going to be together whether brothers and sisters mm -hmm. in Christ, even the people that we might not know across this globe. And one day we'll be all together. And that is great news too. And yeah, thank you. Well, Lindsay, thank you very much for coming on to Bridge Radio. And for our listening audience, please, please go get the book, A Better Encouragement, Trading Self-Help for a True Hope by Crossway Publishing. And uh, Lindsay, I'd like to say this to all our guests. Where can people find you if you want to be found? If our listeners have any questions, where can they go either on social media, website, where can they find you? So lindsaycarlson.net and I'm L-I-N-D-S-E-Y because everyone needs to know how to spell Lindsay. Mm. And uh, also Instagram and Facebook are easy points. So either my website or one of those social media channels. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Go get the book. We couldn't touch on everything uh, because we want you to go read the book. Uh, we don't want you to just listen to the podcast. We want you to listen to the po podcast and then go get the book or go get the book and listen to the podcast. Uh, there is there is a lot, lot there. So please, please go get the book. Well, Lindsay, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this concludes this week's episode with Lindsay Carlson, a better encouragement trading self for true hope by Crossway Publishing. Um, that was I, I thought that was a great podcast um, and and just how us as Christian can encourage one another. And and when we do encourage it, doing it correctly, I guess. I mean, how, how do I put it, it, it that? You know, sometimes we, we do got to be open in how we encourage uh, one another um, and not a superficial encouragement um, in just the different ways that uh, we can get encouraged through uh, through, through through scripture, through, uh, as Lindsay said, through sermons. And 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 and, and yeah, I, I think that that is so true. And, uh, and I hope that uh, everybody who is listening was encouraged. Um, by uh, the podcast and, and again we couldn't touch on everything um, we, we just can't and, and I hope that you guys uh, are able to get the book and, and, the, and, and the things that Lindsay is, is speaking in her book 
Uh, again, please don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and YouTube. Um, and like we always like to end this show, what is your only comfort in life and in death that I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Till next week. <laughs>